Hey everybody, I'm back. Back at it again. Was I? Not, I wasn't here last week, right? <laughs> I think it was last week. Blake yeah. was you last. That's week. right. Blake was you. I I was he. Where was I? Oh yeah, I was here on Sunday, just not here for the podcast. But hey, it's good to be back in town. It's Zach, Greg, and me. It's God. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. The build up to the Easter's and uh, Palm Sunday coming up. United service and. Uh, what, is, what do we do with the intro again? I don't know. I've just it's been a while. It's been yeah. so long. Scott <laughs> forgot. Now, what's coming? What is what is so Sunday? If someone's planning on visiting Corner Church for the first time, what's going yeah. on? Where should they go? So so five times a year we come together for one combined services uh, services one services service. Yeah, there we go. Um, we're we're one church in multiple communities. We don't do church campuses. We do church communities. Our goal is not that we do the each community is exactly the same, but we are better together. We need each other, and uh, so it's fun to come together. And uh, so when we do that, we do a united service. We call it that, bringing everybody together. This Sunday, come to Falwell Community Center. It's in North Minneapolis, fourteen no sixteen fifteen Dowling. And uh, 9.15 to 10 o'clock, hang out, have coffee, refreshments. 10 o'clock, we'll have our our service all together. The point of these is not to just do a church service together, but it's to connect, to uh, hang with each other. Yeah, so if you go to a corner coffee on Sunday, no one else will be there. It'll be closed. Yeah, there'll be a nice sign that says you should have... uh, Read the sign. Should have read the email. Uh, yeah. Should have listened to the beginning of the podcast. Should yeah. have. We we used to do our spring United service on Easter Sunday, and uh, a percentage of people in our world uh, only go to church one Sunday a year, maybe, and that could likely be on Easter Sunday. And then they would read the sign that says, "Sorry, you wanted to go to church today. We're not here." Mm-hmm. So that's why we do it a week before, and uh, it's just so great to get together. Um, it's some of it is reunion. Some people have seen or known each other for a long time, and some people have never met before. Our goal is to mix, to be intentional in doing community and relationship together better, better. And so, come Sunday, uh, and then on Easter Sunday, uh, we'll be in all of our communities at our normal service times. Yeah. Well, it's Communion Sunday too. Communion Sunday. Yep. So we'll be doing communion on Easter, and uh, we also have the egg hunts coming up. Yeah, we do Neighborhood, Candy Grabs, and Camden, and in the North Loop. Those are coming up on Saturday, the 20th, right the day before Easter. So if you have kids and they need candy in their life. Yeah, or if you want to invest in the neighborhood, want to hang with parents and families, come. Come and help. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, you should, Greg, you talk a little bit about the one-offs this summer. Yeah, we're doing, uh, we typically do seasons of connection groups or small groups or whatever you want to call them, but uh, intentional communities. And um, for the summer, we're decided because we're in the city, people travel a lot. It's really nice out. Uh, we want to recognize and take advantage of those things. And so we are not doing a season of connection groups. Uh, instead, we're doing a um, kind of just like a summer events list. And so it is not events put on by church or pastor, but it's events put on by community. And so some of it will be my community is doing this, come be a part. Some of it will be I'm doing this, come be a part. Some of it will be uh, this thing's happening and I want to take a group with me. Uh, but on our website, cornerchurch.tv slash summer, 
you can, if you have an event that you would like to be on the events list and invite uh, community to, you can fill out the registration form. That way we can get it on the announcement card. We can get it on, um, we can promote it on the website, all these different areas. Um, and so we're just looking for people that know of events in the summer that they either want to host or be a part of bringing a group to. Yeah. Building relationship, being together, doing fun things together. And Minnesota does summer like nowhere else. Yeah. And it's and because so we experience today. today. Yeah. If you're listening from somewhere other than Minnesota, that we don't want to talk to you. That doesn't currently have snow. We don't want to uh, talk to you. We, we've got snow. What is it? It's April 12th today? April 13th today? It's 12th. snowing currently. It's snowing currently. Yeah. This is, I mean, six months of winter, that's not terrible, right? It's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. But it makes our summer oh so much more sweet. Yep. All right. Behind the message. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're talking about Jesus washing the we're disciples' feet. feet. Today. Yeah, it's we're great. gonna we're gonna wash Greg's feet this Never. Sunday. Oh yeah. So it, this it's, when we talk about you know this is behind the messages this series we've been doing this and our goal is to talk about what got us to where we are communicating and Zach and I have definitely said all along here that our goal was to. Do about a 15-minute foot washing of Greg yeah. and then just say, hey, we'll do five minutes of dialogue about what you saw today. Yeah. Greg seemed to not like that idea for some reason, but we're still planning you, on it. Is it. What happened to you? What happened to you? Nothing. What, <laughs> what broke you, Greg? You, Greg, no, Zach is actually right now. You can hear the sloshing of the water. Yeah. Greg, He's Jesus, washing my feet right Jesus now. Jesus told you, his Zach. disciples, go and do likewise, okay? <laughs> Imitate. Don't yeah. take away this heavenly You're blessing You're robbing me of me. this blessing, Zach. Yeah. Of Greg. I cannot yeah. be a part of a church who touches my feet. <laughs> ah. Greg's really All right, so take really that, passionate. Jesus. Take that, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've been doing this clickbait series. This is uh, the second to last week been looking at well-known biblical stories, stories that are you don't have to be a lifelong church attender or even a Christian to have heard or know these stories. We've looked at creation, Noah and the flood, uh, the exodus, uh, the fiery furnace, David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale. Last week, we looked at Peter walking on water. It was a fish, okay. It's, you're right. Oh, did I write whale? Yeah. Ah, get it right. Sorry. But... Uh, and then the the goal of these of this this series has been to bring to the conversation greater context, um, because if you know these stories, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know who God is or how God relates with us or how we're to relate with God or each other. And so, bringing these things to greater context today, we look at Jesus washing the disciples' feet. I wish we were this good that whatever it is, two months, three months ago, or. Six months ago, when Zach and I, Greg was out of town, when we were kind of putting this series on the on the calendar, that we we knew we were going to end with Jesus's resurrection on Easter. I mean, yeah. that that was our plan back in January. I was like, man, <laughs> we're going to make sure the resurrection. Uh, we're we're comes actually about. not that good. But, we actually uh, cut two messages out of the series. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a ten, a it's a ten week, nine week series. Ten, <laughs> no one ever does the math. Eight it's, week series. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's nine. Oh. 
But uh, we're skipping Jesus feeding five thousand. That's what we're skipping. Yeah. And uh, but the goal again to bring us to greater context and Jesus washing the feet again brought us to the point where we just wanted to touch Greg's feet. And so creepy. A little bit of context ahead of time, like feet washing. We don't we don't do that most days. I don't. I mean, I wash my kids' feet when they're taking a bath, but that's like during bath time. Nobody washes my feet when I go to their house. But what would it be like in our culture? What are the things that would represent feet washing for us today? Well, what did it represent for them back then is a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a servant's job. Right. People walked everywhere. They didn't have cars. So you get to a house and your feet are filthy from the the five-mile dirt road journey. And a servant washes your feet. It was just what happened. It was expected. It wasn't weird. It was normal. It was normal. Yeah. Which somebody in today's did setting, it. it's not normal. No. Today. I think it goes even like farther than that. The roles. I guess I mean, people have crummy jobs, but there's there's a cultural lack of embracing of doing something that's the least, the lowest. Don't stay there. Well, this and a servant wasn't the same as somebody's job. Yeah. It wasn't like this person had a choice in the role that they were given in the house. I think it'd be like when you come over to my house, Greg and Scott, that I would send my kids outside to like wash your car and clean your car out while you're hanging out with me. That's great. I love that. I would love that. Yeah. My kids would love it too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the... The thing that was striking about this, that this moment took place during Jesus and his disciples celebrating the Seder, the Passover dinner, which is, uh, this was a, a feast that they had, all of their life had been to since they were infants, they were doing this. And uh, we get that window, there's a number of things that are different about Jesus and his interaction with his disciples during this Last Supper. And uh, we... I mean, we could spend a lot of time talking about all of them from the what we celebrate as communion uh, in the last cup uh, is this cup of, of praise is where there was this part of communion. There's a lot of things to look at, but we're just grabbing this one piece of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And one thing that would have just been out of sorts during this Passover meal was for Jesus to get up remove his outer robe and start washing the disciples' feet, which is, it just was uh, mind-bending for them. They had just, in their recent memory, the moments of them coming to Jerusalem, they, there was this celebration moment, which was a humble moment. Jesus got on to, we can talk about it, but he gets, he rode a, a colt or a donkey into town, which was like the antithesis of riding a war horse into town. But people were screaming and celebrating this revolutionary and uh and now in this moment which very easily could go to anybody's head pretty important time in my life about to change human history eternity all these things and then jesus what does he do is he he does the least gets up and starts washing the disciples feet. and they had no question in their minds that this is unexpected this is they would have said, in fact, Peter said it, this is below you. Yeah. And what is it, I mean, what is it that when we think something is below us, uh, 
what's going on inside of me. And when I think something is below somebody else, what is going on inside of me? That That's like the mindset that we need to wrestle with walking into this, this idea of below. I think there's like a, a thing that I will do the things that are below me sometimes, but a lot of times it's out of like, oh, I know that I can do this, but, you know, maybe someone will see me do it and realize how good I am because I chose to serve or, you know, oh, this is just, I'm going to get something out of this, you know, I'll serve, but man. Yeah. It's like, it's not just that for me, it's not just like the, that the work was below Jesus, but the reality of him completely taking somebody else's job or somebody, what somebody else's responsibility. He, it's like when I work with my coworkers, I hate working with somebody that He's I can't rely us. on. Rentals. No, not you guys. I'm so But like people that are not reliable and then you have to do their job. That is like, for me, worse than being like below me, it's doing somebody else's job. It's like, I th- yeah. And I, th- I don't, I don't think there was somebody there at this meal that was the foot washer. It just, because there was no one that low, no one was going to do it. You don't think so? I don't think so. Who who was hosting this again? Was they, it... they just went into a house. I mean, it was... <laughs> this is where they... Usually if there's a meal, someone's yeah. thought ahead enough to have a meal present. That means there's going to be somebody there yeah. to do this. The, the thing that... Zach, you, you bring it up is like... Um, I could come over to your house right now and go into your backyard and pick up your dog's poop. Yeah. I think that's pretty similar. Yeah. Um... Now, I could do that because I want you to see that I'm a humble servant. Or I could do that because I am a humble servant. And those are, that's radically different. And um, this is part of our conversation as we've been preparing for this is just us trying to wrap our heads around what it is to be an imitator of Christ and being a cheap imitation of Christ. I think those are different Maybe it's some of it is semantic, but if if I would forcibly Zach holds down Greg <laughs> and look, I'm serving you, I'm washing your feet, and uh, I, not because he wouldn't want it, which I guess is what Peter was saying too. You're not touching my feet, but uh, <laughs> the the heart of it is really really important. And well, it's it's about it becomes is. Was Jesus doing that for Peter, for Peter's sake or for Jesus' sake? Was he doing it so that people would see him? Are you picking up Zach's dog poop because you want people to see you? So is it for your sake? Or are you doing it because you're actually legitimately trying to do something good for somebody? Yeah. Yeah, which brings the whole concept of false humility to the surface because humility is something that is respected in our culture. To a degree. Maybe. I don't I think it is. I think people are like, that's really admirable that they're willing to help and to serve, whatever. And at the same time, I guess maybe there's genres where it's not. But uh, in the moment when I would like, you know, Scott is in the backyard picking up poop right now. Such a humble servant. So Jesus-like. And I, you know, if you're doing that, just like, hey, if you could take some pictures of me doing this. <laughs> Can you put it on could the you tag? Could you tag me on this on yeah. your Instagram? <laughs> and it, Greg, you, you kind of like you walked into this a little bit. Is that 
was Jesus washing the disciples' feet to make a point or because he truly wanted to serve them? And I think he really was serving them. Right. And I think it's, that's why I pivoted to back to the picking up dog poop because it is Jesus. And so everything he did was, was to make a point. And so yeah. if someone's going to make a point and do it for the right reason, it would be Jesus. But when I think about like the things that I do, it's important that it's coming from it's coming from the grace that's inside of me and the hope that's inside of me and not coming I'm not trying to gain something. It's yeah. It's really that who's gaining in this circumstance? Is it the person you're serving? Are they gaining something or are you gaining something from it? But I think too we can have other people gain and it still be false. I think false humility always has an end point there's always going to be a number that you can put on false humility. Like I'll give someone a ride five times and then that's as far as I'll go or I'll, I'll shovel my neighbor's snow seven times this winter and that's it. But I think real humility is a characteristic that we see in Jesus that he just is humble and Mm -hmm. it plays out all the time. Everywhere he goes, he is humble. It's the humility that says my neighbor's sidewalk needs to be shoveled and I have no regard for how many times I've done it this season. Uh, it needs to be shoveled. I, I get to do that or I'm going to serve someone in this way. Uh, maybe I've done it a hundred times. I didn't even think about the hundred times. This is what they need. I get to do this. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Embodied lived these things. He wasn't like, Ooh, that was a pretty humble moment. Look at this humble thing I did. He was, and what it's easy to be like, yeah, I look at these here. I look even not as a production, but just in yourself, go look at the list of humble things I've done lately. Uh, as opposed to what are you, who, who are you? Humble is not an action. Humble is a state of character. Hmm. And, uh, Jesus had that. And he tells, go and go and do this, go and be this, go do likewise. And uh, uh, I don't think his call was for do humble things, but was a call to be be humble. <laughs> We're going to do a uh, corner church quiz. People love corner church quizzes. In fact, uh, I was when we, we did uh, some sports quiz, like was our last one. Sport. Remember, what was that one about? Throw the ball, win the touchdown, get the the trophy. Yeah, and people said they were uh, slightly upset that we didn't talk more about that quiz. Oh, man. (laughs) Stupid quiz. Yeah. But uh, before we ask a question, what is the difference between humility and false humility, just doing a a quick, asking some questions that uh, all of these are exhibiting some degree of false humility. You know, I humbly drop names of people I know. Um, I preface statements like, uh, I, I don't want to sound arrogant when I say this, but, um, anyway, these, these types of phrases are, uh, yeah, just statements that may be windows into some degree of false humility and, uh, and then ha- asking people to define what is the difference between humility and false humility. And just like we've been talking about for the last, whatever minutes it has been, Jesus wasn't exhibiting false humility. He wasn't making a show he actually was was humble and uh we're gonna bring this to the greater context there's there's a recurring theme in in jesus's life 
In Luke chapter 2, we see Jesus born into the most humble estate, born in a manger, or born not in a manger, laid in a manger. Uh, his call to uh, just his world, you know, don't 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 play go take a place of uh, honor and then be moved by the host. He draws this picture, you know, see yourself live, go to the least, be lifted up, not pushed back down. He tells the Pharisees and or tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, the Pharisee going, look at me. At least I'm not like this tax collector and the tax collector beating his chest. God have mercy on me. Uh, James and John, they come and say, you know, could we be the greatest? Could we sit on your right and left? And he says, yeah, by being a servant. It's just a recurring moment. He talks about be the least, be the servant. That comes out multiple times in his message. And then even Palm Sunday is this moment where Jesus exemplifies this least. In Zechariah chapter 9, 9, talks about, again, the king comes in righteous and victorious, but on a colt or foal or a donkey. This prophetic moment that the Messiah will come in, uh, in victory, but also in humble state. And uh, so this, there's this theme of humility. How, how do we move from trying to look humble to trying to be humble? Hmm. I just wrote a note and I started to think about the, I guess in everything we've talked about, the focus of like humility is something that comes when we focus on others and we don't, we're not solely focused on ourselves. If I, I'm worried about myself and what I have and my time and all of my things, then hmm. it's impossible to be humble. But true humility comes out in action for others. So if if I am humble, it means that I am giving of myself regardless of what I have. It means that I'm going above and beyond and serving my neighbors, serving friends. And so when we have compassion for each other and community, uh, that's that's the the area that humility thrives in. It's when we focus on the good we can do for others rather than what we have or even what we don't have. It's like this. It's it's an internal loop. Is that in order to have focus on community, it requires humility to look outside of yourself to see others above yourself to serve before longing to be served and. In order to be humble, you have to be looking to communities. These these things are walking hand in hand. And and if to, in order to embrace the reality of your need for God and need for forgiveness, uh, humility is tied tied to that too. And as you're humble, you realize you need Him more. And yeah, it's a it's one of the keys to this faith process. That if you eliminate it, I think the faith process just stops. Definitely breaks down, yeah. I think there is something, though, with uh, focusing on others. It It's true, I think, that humility comes through that process, but there's a couple ways to get there. If I if I go toward humility and I, if all I do is just say that, you know, oh, I need to get myself out of the way, I need to, I need to cut everything that I think or am out so that I can focus on others and find humility, there's a level of humility you can find, but I don't think that's what the intent of Jesus is. And the way we see him live was not a cutting out of himself. I think what we see is a, a fully realizing of himself that he, he understands who he is and why he's here. 
And in that, he has so much freedom to lay down uh, his desire, maybe his thought and do on like behalf of others as opposed to himself. He has a, like a full realization of his own identity to the extent that he can lay himself down. And I don't think we can even fully lay ourselves down if we don't know who we are. If all we're saying is, I just need to be humble. I need to, you know, just cut myself out. I think we miss it. Humility is not masochistic, right? Yeah. Is it? I don't, I don't think you have to, you know, it's not lashing yourself. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Unless you're doing it on behalf of someone else. I No, I think there is. There's moments where we would lay ourselves down for yeah. someone else and pain comes. But yeah. I think we have to, like real humility to me is that we go into that knowing, wow, this is going to be hard. And I take it with great joy that I get to lay myself down on behalf of this person. Because I just reflect back on the rich young ruler and it's that moment of Jesus didn't say these words, but he essentially said, humble yourself and give everything. And he can't. He he cannot wrap his mind around it. He can't do it. And so he walks away. And I don't know, for me, is it that is a character of humility, somebody who is confronted in that moment and says, yeah, it's, it's yours to begin with anyways. Yeah. But you could... Somebody could embrace that moment of in Mark 10, the rich young ruler, and go, uh, it's the Ananias and Sapphira. Look at how much we're giving. And they were, where their humility was a production. It was a lie. And then they dropped dead. It's, there's some challenging theology in that. But, but yeah, that moment in Acts where um, the, the lashing is a um, isn't necessarily a requisite of humility at its heart in first Thessalonians chapter five just talked about even before we just started recording this that this this could be a whole series just in this last these twelve through twenty four Paul gives a, a final encouragement or challenge to the people and I just saw these phrases this this challenges really some foundations to humility there's quite a bit of uh, commentary writing about the tie back to humility in this but not reading the text but just putting these things on the table and wondering do these things are these how do i become humble how do i become more christ-like and washing feet uh literally or in greg's case not literally but figuratively um but recognize those who've worked hard to make you better. I think uh, if you want to grow and actually embody humility, uh, honor people that have worked in their life to make you better as opposed to going, I'm really somebody. There's radically, <laughs> like that just seems like it bleeds humility to me. Uh, live at peace with them. Uh, from 14 to 15, strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Again, there's there's no I or me in that. So yes, warning those who are idle and disruptive, encouraging those who are disheartened, help those who are weak, be patient with everyone, turn the other cheek, but do everything you can so that others can really be their best. And that's exactly what you were talking about, Greg, is that it's not about 
uh, score winning. Maybe that was you, Zach, talking about that. 16 through 18, uh, what does humble look like? Uh, always praying, always being thankful, always rejoicing, because God's plan is always there. And uh, again, a false humility uh, manipulates scenario to make it favorable. But a humble person sees struggle or success or pain or the opposite of pain as being uh, God's will. And I will pray. I will be rejoicing. I will be thankful no matter what. And then 19 through 24, be blameless in spirit, body, and soul. So working to being sanctified, listening to the Holy Spirit, uh, listening to godly correction, letting God purify you. Like letting that purifying process is, requires humility. Anyway, these things we're just going to put on the table, but it's not going to be a moment of like, all right, do these things go. But I really think like this for, for me, if this whole message is for me and I, I keep on every week, I think that I hope somebody gets something else for, from what we talk about because it's, it seems to be my, my stuff. For me, I just realized I need to be working on it. Humility is not just going to me being going and doing like likewise of Jesus is not just going to happen on accident. Yeah, it's like so the first one I see is you're you're giving honor to others. The second one is uh, you're serving others. The third one is recognition of who God is. And the fourth one is submission to who Christ is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm so anti-formulaic teaching, but Paul puts it out here and I don't, I don't think it's hard to give somebody else a formula, but I need to take these things on. Yeah. And that's why we won't say this is how you do each of those things. But the question will be, how are you going to do these things? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's, what's happening inside of you? Cause that's really the, I mean, the church does harm when it pretends to be God and gives out godly correction. Mm. But that doesn't mean that godly correction shouldn't be sought and gone after. So you, the thing is that you have responsibility to it. I have responsibility to be aware and, uh, and claim that when I, when I feel it and I see it and I hear it. And as I, wrap my head around these things and I know listening to the podcast you probably don't I guess you'll see them in our take a deeper questions in the notes below but for me the 16 through 18 is where I need to be working <laughs> it's for me to grow to be more Christ-like serving humbly is for me to just go this this moment I'm I'm so thankful I'm completely I'm petitioning and giving recognition and thanks to God Always, 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 uh, always thankful, always praying, always rejoicing. And because uh, a sign of, uh, for me, a lack of humility is a moment when I go, well, this sucks. <laughs> Something's got to change here. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, because um, when I say that or feel those things, it's about me. It's about you. It's about it. You feel like it's your responsibility to fix it. Yeah. I see that. 
This is a fun one. Yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Easter's. <laughs> Happy. We'll probably do about 15 times where one of us will scream, he is risen. But this is Palm Sunday. So he has entered the city. And then people will scream back. He's entered the city indeed. He's on a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen once. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, the the goal of of this conversation, the goal of this podcast, the goal of what we're going to be working through on on Sunday is that if if you've ever had a moment where somebody has come up to you and said, "You know what you need? You need to be more humble." Uh, that that has never gone well in human history. Probably, I don't think there's anyone that has. Jesus didn't even do it. He didn't wash the disciples' feet and then walk around the room and go, you need to be humble. You need to be humble. You need to be. He, he, he didn't even say, no, you wash their feet. He yeah. Said, go yeah, we're going to wash each other's feet all night long. Um, and then, uh, who is it? Was it, uh, who's saying that all night long? Anyway, we probably shouldn't bring that song up, but <laughs> I don't think that was about washing feet. So Lionel Richie? Lionel Richie. Yeah. Um, but uh, the thing is that Jesus didn't, give this command of uh, finger in the chest, but rather he gives this this encouragement, this invitation to go and do likewise. And uh, um, we're going to give, that's, it's an invitation to work on being more Christ-like as opposed to a demand to do something. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, if you find yourself in Minneapolis this weekend... Join us at the Falwell Community Center. Yeah, Falwell Community Center. 1615 Dowling Avenue. We'll all be together. We're all You'll be get together. to hear this mess live. Yeah. Yeah. We. If you're wondering how we do our messages together, uh, so come. We. So we're, we're curious as well. Uh, we, we've, we've done a number of different ways. We've done where we split up parts. So we've done where we kind of talk on top of each other. We've done what looks kind of like this podcast. And uh, this Sunday... Uh, We'll humbly wash each other's feet and ask you to talk about it. Yeah. I'm not touching anybody's feet. <laughs> but come at 10 o'clock. Uh, if you find yourself in Minneapolis, we encourage you to, uh, if you live here, get connected to community. We believe uh, investing in your local church uh, doesn't necessarily have to be us by any means in our community, but invest in a local faith community. Be connected and serve well. And uh, if you do find yourself looking for a church community, we, we're better with you. We're more complete, more a clear picture of who God is when, when you're with us. And so we'd be honored to have you with us. So thanks. Happy Palm Sunday. Happy almost Easter. See you guys. Bye.